1: I'm E.G. Marshall. Every once and so often, I run across an account in a newspaper, which is so inexplicably odd, I feel that if I could get to the bottom of it, it would make for great telling to my mystery theater friends. And this story fits that premise, fills that bill, and concerns a doorway between dimensions, a passageway I call the threshold Mr. Tanner, we in our dimension, looking at you in yours, could never understand why you gave up a promising career as an atomic scientist to run a a hardware store. A question of conscience, Mr. Fairley. Uh, Conscience?
2: What is that? A very human characteristic that helps you know right from wrong. It warns us as a friend before it punishes us as a judge.
1: Remarkable. We have no such characteristic as conscience in our world. Our mystery drama, The Threshold, was written especially for the mystery seer by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Fred Gwynn. I shall return shortly with Act One. paper I told you about? Here it is. Mercury, Montana. In a deserted mountain town near here, there are signs of life, but no signs of the living. It is reported that roads, homes, and stores are being built in the village of Dry Lake, yet no one has ever seen a human being near the place. County officials are puzzled but pleased that after 40 years as a ghost town, Someone appears to be investing heavily in the area. Unquote. Mysterious? Intriguing? I thought so, too. Morning,
2: Shane. What do you got there? Broken pickaxe.
1: Morning, Jeff. Uh, Yeah, need a new handle.
2: Yeah, well, put her on the counter and we'll give her a look. Yeah, I don't think I have a handle that would fit that. Uh, You need it right away?
1: No, I think I'll wait for cooler weather before I take that hike to Granite Mountain. I don't go up the mountain, uh, just along the riverbed. Shane
2: Boggs, are you still prospecting for gold?
1: <laughs> they say, uh, I'm still hoping.
2: You think there's any gold left in the 1980s around here? <laughs> they cleaned us out a hundred years ago. You're positive?
1: Jeff... You've been over to Dry Lake recently.
2: (laughs) I'm not aiming to catch something you can't cure.
1: You know why anyone would want to live there?
2: I wouldn't sell acreage in Dry Lake to my worst enemy.
1: Who do you suppose owns that
2: old town? We do. I mean, our town does. Mercury. Mercury. It was deeded back to us uh, 20 years ago.
1: Well, I heard somebody just bought some land there. A man and a woman come into the post office and talk to old Morgan, and he rented them a box for their mail, and they were living there.
2: Hmm. Why would anyone want to live in Dry Lake? It's a tombstone of a town.
1: I figured they must be strangers, and nobody's told them about how everybody died there 40 years ago.
2: Everybody didn't die, Shane. Only the ones who refused to move ended up dead. Uh, are you positive people who have bought land to live there?
1: Old man Morgan told me himself. He ought to know. He's a postmaster. Yeah, well, I'm going to have a
2: talk with him. He ought to have known better than that. Why didn't he say something? If some idiots are planned to live in Dry Lake, and we let them do it, that's nothing short of murder. Morgan, where's the June issue of my science fiction magazine?
1: Don't ask me. I don't print it. I just put it in people's boxes.
2: Uh, Well, it gets later, every month. Uh, What's this about a couple who gave you their address in Dry Lake?
1: That's so just the other day.
2: And you said nothing about that atomic experiment 40 years ago and how the people who crawled into the woods hoping to go back were all found dead?
1: Nope. Why should I?
2: Well, the area may still be contaminated.
1: Well, they got a house right there on Main Street.
2: A house? The whole town's nothing but broken bricks and boards. What house?
1: 55 Main Street, they said. What are they talking about?
2: Even snakes don't live there. Th- there's no street. The rains have washed everything away.
1: 55 Main Street is
2: what they told me. Well, what are these people's names?
1: Mr. and Mrs. Fairley.
2: Fairley? Well, they're not from around here. That's not a family name in the Bitterroot Range. Uh, they don't have any children, do they, Morgan?
1: Nope. Just Mr. and Mrs. Charles Fairley.
2: Yeah, well, at least that's something. I wouldn't want children to live in Dry Lake. Duke, I've closed my store for the rest of the day because I'm very disturbed about something, and, uh, you're the mayor of Mercury, and... I aim to get this off my chest.
1: Well, sure, Jeff. Speak out.
2: I heard today about a man and his wife who bought themselves a couple of lots over in Dry Lake. Now, I figure they must be strangers and someone sold them a pig in a poke.
1: Now, hold on, Jeff.
2: You can't close your eyes to what the town was used for in 1940 and the tragedy that resulted from that. Jeff, I've got to tell you something. I have not finished yet, Duke. Our postmaster tells me their name is Mr. and Mrs. Fairley. And they're going to live at 55 Main Street. And you and I know there's no 55 and there's no Main Street. It's a ghost town. It's worse than that. It's a dead town. And living people should not be living there.
1: You finished now, Jeff?
2: Uh, uh, yes, for the moment.
1: I know all that. Mr. and Mrs. Charles Fairley. They haven't just bought one plot in Dry Lake. They're aiming to buy the whole town. In fact, they've optioned it. What? Yep. We own the deed to Dry Lake. I mean, the town of Mercury does. They made us a fair offer, and pretty much everything was signed and sealed this morning at the town hall. The town of Dry Lake, lock, stock, and barrel. They didn't even want a mortgage. Cash deal. Every penny. Not bad. Well, I'll be. Think of it this way, Jeff. Maybe after 40 years, someone's got a right to live in Dry Lake again.
2: Yeah, sure. Tell that to the stunted trees and the yellow grass and the animals who died there. Tell them it's a safe place to live. Doesn't it bother you any, Duke, to know that you've sold innocent people land in hell?
1: Now, Jeff, you hold on there.
2: I am not going to sit back quietly and see honest people taken advantage of just because they don't come from around here. I'm ashamed of you, Duke. And I'm ashamed to have been born and brought up here in Mercury. I never thought I'd see the day when the almighty dollar had more value than human life.
1: I don't understand what's come over you. I'm mad. I'm mad because I'm ashamed. And, and that's why we're riding over to Dry Lake?
2: I'm disgusted with the mayor of our town. Selling off ruined land. May even have a residue of atomic waste on it. You don't think the Farrelly's knew that? Now, could they? Of course not. Well, what you aim to do? I'm going to find them and tell them. They've been robbed. And I'm going to help them get their money back.
1: Well, if Dry Lake is all fire dangerous, should we be going there?
2: Well, we're just visiting. We're not drinking the water, not eating anything grown there. And uh, do you know
1: what the fairlies look like?
2: Yeah, well, if we see a man and a woman, who else is it going to be? Um, say, what, what, what did I do wrong? Did I miss that turn of the lake road?
1: No, oh, I wasn't looking it. No, this looks okay to me. I sort of remember this road. Wait a minute.
2: How did I wind up here? That's the second time we've passed old Indian Rock. I know I passed it half an hour ago. How come we're right back where we were? Well, It is old Indian Rock. Son of a gun. You distracted me, that's why. I don't know how I missed that turn off into Lake Road. I was so sure I took it.
1: Jeff, this is weird. I mean, downright weird. You're telling me. We've been around this road four times. And no matter which way we go, we end up here at Old Engine Rock.
2: I can't explain it. I have a funny feeling, even if I could, I wouldn't want to know.
1: Let's hoof it. It's not too far from here.
2: Yeah, okay. If 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 the moon had come out, it'd be easier. Uh, let's leave
1: the pickup here. If we climb that ridge, Dry Lake ought to be straight ahead across the valley. Yeah. You okay, Jeff?
2: Four times around in a circle. It's as if Dry Lake doesn't want anybody to find it.
1: I'm following you, Jeff. Right behind
2: you. Funny how it all comes back to you. Moon or no moon. This is the way my father and I would hike over here. What the... What the devil's going on down there? Can you make out if
1: it's in Dry Lake? I don't see a thing, Jeff there sure is plenty of action. Sounds like they're tearing the town up with bulldozers
2: and tractors. Yeah, jackhammers. There's a great big solid concrete platform the scientists left there. Used it as a base for the atomic experiments. Big as half a football field. I'll bet that's what those jackhammers are digging into. Oh, if only these clouds had passed so the moon would come out. Uh, you see any lights down there?
1: No, not a candle. But the
2: dark doesn't seem to stop him. Shane, Shane, look out. Huh. Which way is it coming first? It, it, it's coming from my left. The bulldozer's to my left. Jump for it, Shane. Which way? Which way? It's turning, it's heading right for us. I'm climbing up this tree. No, 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 no. I, I, I can see it now. It, it's tearing all the trees down in front of it. Jeff, you okay? Huh. That's the... That's the scariest thing that ever happened to me.
1: I didn't see it. Even when it was right on top of us. How come you saw it?
2: I didn't. I, I thought I did because I, I... Because I saw all the trees being mowed down as it came this way. She, to hear that monster bulldozer and not see it, I, I...
1: I don't know what's happening. Let's go home.
2: Look, looking back you, Shane...
1: Oh, my Lord. We look at these tracks like some big diesel locomotive. Looks like they're building a road. Yeah. With invisible machinery and nobody in the driver's seat. Let's, uh, Let's call it a night and get out of here.
2: Yeah, no, wait. If, if, if we get closer, we'll see better.
1: No, is as close as I want to get. Yeah,
2: all this equipment, the tractors, the dozers, two trucks to carry away what they dig up. The equipment we
1: can't even see.
2: Where'd they come from? Huh, the only road from Billings and Butte runs right by my store. It'd take a dozen tractor trailers to haul all that equipment up here.
1: Look, can can, can we please get out of here before I'm really ready for the loony bin? There you have it. Once I had dug behind that little story in the newspapers about the deserted town coming to life, what you just heard is what I learned all of which can be very disturbing if it has never happened to you before. I shall return shortly with Act Two. of June came and went, and Jeff Tanner and his friend Shane Boggs kept mum about what they'd seen from the hill overlooking the town of Dry Lake. The more each of them thought about it, the more they suspected they had been victims of some kind of hypnosis or hysteria, and neither of them could afford to be laughed at. The town plumber and the town hardware merchant wouldn't get much business if people thought they were seeing things, so it became their unspoken secret until the night of the fireworks display on the 4th of July. (laughs) I always have a good time on these 4th of July picnics. Yeah. How about another beer, Jeff?
2: Uh, Shane, I'm uh, ashamed to say... (laughs) uh, I I mean, I'm ashamed to say we're fresh out of beer. No. Yeah, I brought two six-packs and we started in at three this afternoon, but uh, we just had the last one. No kidding.
1: No more beer?
2: Uh, I can let you have an egg salad sandwich. Uh, you got one of those left.
1: Say, there's a beautiful rocket. Look at the way she spins. I wonder if they celebrate the fourth like we do. Uh, who? That Mr. and Mrs. Fairley. Well, you know those foreigners who moved into Dry Lake.
2: Uh, I thought we'd agreed to forget about all that.
1: I was just wondering. <laughs> Probably if they have firecrackers, you can hear them, but you can't see them.
2: Am I right? Uh, I don't know, Shane. I I try not to think about them. Why not? Well, I guess because I feel guilty. I never did get to warn them away.
1: Well, heck, they set their bulldozer on us. Funny thing, I haven't heard anybody in Mercury even mention their names. Nobody. They must know something's going on over Dry Lake. They must. Yeah,
2: I wonder about that, too. I, I, I mean, don't they hear it? I hear it.
1: Some nights, all kinds of building sounds coming clean across the range. Shane, I've had enough fireworks and beer.
2: What do you say we go over there? Where? Dry Lake.
1: I thought we weren't going near the place anymore.
2: Well, we'll go as far as we can in the truck, then walk the rest of the way. You sure? Ain't scared? sure I'm scared. But that don't stop me from being curious. We found it.
1: Yeah, somebody's put up a sign. Dry Lake, town limits. Well, you look at this place. Everything's brand spanking new. Those antique cars in the driveways—they look like they're new. Where is everybody? The town's all built for people, I guess. They just haven't arrived yet. Oh, here's the school. Want to go into the playground? Look around. They got swings and everything. Yeah, let's open the gate. What is it? You feel something funny? Like a prickling on your skin? Yeah.
2: It was always cold when the sun went down.
1: Yeah, even in summer. No, it's not cold. More like a, a tingling sensation. Like a... Like a hand sort of crawling up my throat. Hey see what I see? Them?
2: Uh-huh. Every one of the doors to the playground have children standing in front of them.
1: They're just standing there watching us. Don't turn around now, Jeff. Hmm? There's one of them right behind you. Oh. Well,
2: uh, uh, hello, young fella. Is, uh, is this your school? Well, I think he's scared. That's
1: why he isn't saying anything. Uh,
2: how would you like me to give you a push on the swing? Uh, or, uh, maybe let's get on the seesaw. Uh, he just keeps looking at me.
1: Uh, hey, that's nice red hair you got. I used to have red hair. Uh, when I had hair... <laughs>
2: Comes the rest of them. There must be at least, gee, one after the other coming out of the school doors.
1: Jeff, those doors are closed. They're walking right through them. What? They're not coming very close. Think they're afraid? Huh. Uh, say, uh, any of you kids speak English?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. They don't speak English. Maybe they're boat people or, or refugees.
1: Oh, they sure look American. Especially this little red-headed one. Yeah, see what he's got in his hand. An American flag.
2: Hey, hey. Usually uh, come to our Fourth of July picnic over at Mercury. Yeah, That's the next town. Um, uh, you like fireworks? Shane, I don't think they understand me. Maybe it's uh, what I was afraid of kids in this town. See, they're affected first. You know, little ones particularly.
1: Well, hey, 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 don't, don't go away. We're not gonna hurt you. Uh, come back. We want to be friends. I think the little boy with the red hair, I think he understood us.
2: Uh, uh, you mean the one with the American flag?
1: Uh, he's gone too. Jeff, if, if it's all the same to you, I think I've done all the looking I want to for one day. Every one of those children who were here didn't say a word. Hey, look. One of them dropped the flag here. The redhead. That's his. The way they suddenly disappear. Out of nowhere into nowhere. and not making a
2: sound. Not a footfall. Explain that, if you can, Jeff. I can't. It's beyond me. Why, Miss Dora Humphreys, what great occasion brings you to my store?
0: Well, my sink stopped up.
2: Uh, my dear lady, you take all the romance out of the hardware business. I'll have Shane Boggs stop by at your place you will fix your sink for you.
0: Well, I can't afford plumbers' prices. Not on a retired teacher's pension. Oh, where did you get that little American flag you have tacked up behind the counter?
2: Um, a little boy dropped it and I picked it up.
0: Oh, uh, well, would you mind taking it off the wall and letting me look at it more closely?
2: Uh, of course not. It's just thumb-tacked in. Oh. Uh, one, two, three, four. There you go. It's all yours, Dora. Uh Uh, Excuse me, Dora, I got a customer.
1: Jeff, did you get that pickaxe handle for me yet?
2: Not yet, but you'll have it. Say,
1: isn't that Miss Humphreys, my old school
0: teacher? Don't tell me you use a pickaxe when you repair pipes.
2: (laughs) Shane, you arrived just in the nick. Dora's got a stopped-up sink. Uh,
0: Jefferson persuaded me you'd do it for nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, of course I will, Miss H. That's the least I could do. I still remember how pleased Mama was when you gave me a B plus. Jefferson, this little flag, oh, I haven't seen
0: it in 40 years.
2: Uh, uh, you know that flag?
0: And I say a dozen others, just like this one. You notice this flag has only 48 stars, so... It's not a modern flag. Hawaii, Alaska, bring the total of 50 states today.
2: Uh, Dora, you said you recognized it. How is that possible?
0: Well, when I was teaching third grade part-time in Dry Lake, I got the whole class to make their own American flag for the 4th of July. I gave them the material. The red and white stripes are part of the dress I had. I cut out the stars, and each child sewed their own. Now, how a little boy dropped it when it was made back in 1940, I can't even guess.
2: <laughs> uh, Dora, could you be mistaken? Uh, I, I mean, after all this time...
0: Well, I was a very young girl. My first teaching job. Part-time here in Mercury and part-time in Dry Lake. You don't forget those things. Now, tell me, Jefferson, where was it this child dropped this flag?
1: Well, we can't tell you that. It's not important. Oh, well, I knew those children, every
0: one of them. I've probably taught thousands since 1940, but I always remember my first class. I can still see them parading into my class, holding their homemade flags in the air.
2: And their uh, faces. Uh, Do you see them?
0: Oh, very clearly. Especially little Tommy, a red-headed boy. He was always losing his flag, dropping it somewhere. Here, you can have this back, Jefferson. Tack it up. I must be off. Uh, Shane, come as soon as you can to fix my sink, will you?
1: It's just not possible, Shane. Well, you heard what Miss H said. Does it fit the description of the child we saw in the playground? Red hair, always dropping his flag.
2: But it doesn't add up. Little Tommy's been dead for 40 years.
1: Does any of it add up, Jeff? A town rebuilt to look like it did when we were children. Empty. No one except those children anywhere. No way to get there except on foot. Roads seem to be scrambled and one goes round in circles. Does any of that make sense?
2: Well, there's only one way we're ever going to get an explanation of what this is all about.
1: What way? There is no way. Mm Mm-hmm. Find the
2: Fairleys. They own Dry Lake. They must know the answers.
1: Got any extra large pipe wrenches, Jeff?
2: Uh, take a look in the cellar.
1: Okay, I will. I have an idea Miss H's drain will need looking at. Mm. I'll be back up in a few minutes. Uh, is this, uh... Mr. Tanner's Hardware Emporium. Uh,
2: Good afternoon. Something I can do for you.
1: Uh, No, Mr. Tanner, but there is something my wife and I can do for you.
0: You are Jefferson Tanner. Uh,
1: Yes, ma'am. And the man who just went down into your cellar, that would be Mr. Shane Boggs. Uh, Yes, he
2: is. Uh, I didn't catch your names. I didn't tell you.
1: We are Mr. and Mrs. Charles Fairley. (laughs) When I began to investigate that little news account, I had no idea the path of discovery would be so tortuous or would lead this far. Remember the mythological bird, the phoenix, which died in its own fire and was reincarnated? Is that what we're witnessing in the town of Dry Lake? I shall return shortly with act three. abandoned 40 years ago to enable scientists to conduct atomic experiments. Of course, in those days, it was all top secret. Nobody fully realized the dangers. Nobody was frightened, which explains why so many families didn't relocate, but hid nearby, planning to return. Later, all of the bodies were finally found. Now, today, this town is reborn at the instigation of the very couple who have just entered Jeff Tanner's hardware store.
2: Did you say Fairley? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Charles Fairley, who... who uh, have bought the town of Dry Lake. Yes, that is us. I'm very glad to meet you. Uh, perhaps you can clear up for me the mystery of what's
1: going on at Dry Lake. Oh, I think we can, don't you, Mrs. Fairley?
0: I think Mr. Tanner is just the man who would understand.
1: And perhaps even help us. I think he could. Mr. Tanner, we'd like it very much if you could drive over to Dry Lake tonight, say at uh, 10 o'clock, your time.
2: Uh, I have tried to drive there, Mr. Fairley, but uh, somehow I never get there. Uh, I always seem to go around in a circle. Well,
1: come tonight and you can drive right past the town limits down Main Street. Come to the railroad station. Ten o'clock, your time. We shall await you.
2: Uh, I'll be there with Shane.
1: Uh, uh, Shane Boggs. We'd rather you came alone, Mr. Tanner. Isn't that so, dear? Yes, we would. At ten o'clock, then, your time.
2: Boy, that sure beats all.
1: Got just the wrench. Yeah. Uh, what is it, Jeff? You mm. look awful. Um,
2: you didn't hear or see anyone come in just now.
1: Well, I was down in the cellar.
2: Mm. I, I thought maybe when you came upstairs. Uh, Shane, maybe it was a mistake for the two of us to have gone down to Dry Lake. Uh, it still could be contaminated.
1: Honest? After all these years, how can you tell?
2: Uh, I suppose I could walk over it with a Geiger counter.
1: (laughs) You sound like a real scientist. I thought science fiction was your beat.
2: It is now. Uh, But I'll tell you something, Shane, which I've never told anybody else. Once I was a real scientist. Uh, At least the Macons one. I was 20 years old. My professors and research associates would say to me, if I worked hard at it someday, I might even be awarded the Nobel Prize.
1: You're kidding me. Hmm. What were you working in?
2: Splitting the atom. Shane, I want you to forget everything we saw at Dry Lake. And don't go back. It's for the best. There are some things we're better off not knowing. That's a very unscientific point of view, I know, but it's mine.
1: I can never forget it,
2: Jeff. I would rather you remembered all the good times we've had together if you uh, ever get around to thinking about me in the future. Um uh, the good things. <laughs> Mr. Good evening. Uh, Good evening, Mrs. Fairley.
0: You're very prompt.
2: I've been here for half an hour enjoying myself.
0: You have?
2: How? Sitting on the same baggage wagon I used to sit on when I was younger, waiting for the trains to come in.
1: Any train in particular?
2: Well, I can think of one when I was about 20. Some friends of mine from Washington and New York and Boston, they were coming to Dry Lake for a meeting. We all had a job to do together. It was you who suggested
1: Dry Lake would be the ideal spot to conduct the atomic experiments, wasn't it? Yes. Don't remind me. So every accidental death is on your conscience.
2: I said don't remind me. Uh, Everything is different now. Even this little railroad station. I hear the trains pull in, but they're not really there. I can even smell the coal and steam. When I open my eyes and look down the tracks, I see nothing on the rails. No cars, no engines, no nothing. Only because you are not equipped to see reality? Well, then why do I hear the trains?
0: Because we permit you to.
2: Uh, Why did you
1: want to meet with me? Because we were instructed to contact you. By who? Mr. Tanner, Mrs. Fairley, and I are emissaries. You were born in another dimension and belong there. Forty years ago, you and a number of other scientists, relatively inexperienced in the outcome of an atomic test, purchased this town to test your amateurish bomb. Unfortunately, a great many good people found themselves extinguished by gamma and digamma rays and entered our dimension. Uh, Mrs. Ferry and I have been detailed to find a way to return them to your dimension. And to make certain, it cannot happen again.
2: Uh, You mean if if a human being suffers death by exposure to gamma rays, he's automatically transported to your dimension?
1: And we must put a stop to it. Every time this happens, a human dies of radiation. We have another visitor. It's getting to be an invasion we don't die completely? No, you don't. And remember, Mr. Tanner, no matter which plane people occupy, there is only so much space.
2: Ah, and that is the purpose of transforming Dry Lake back to what it looked like 40 years ago, to attract those who died here to return.
1: You would call it a pilot project. If we can get them all back across the threshold, why... Well, I shan't bore you with the
2: details. I am not going to permit this.
0: How can you not? What can you do?
2: You want all those thousands who have perished from radioactivity to return here and continue their lives? Oh, no, it can't be. If I had a hand 40 years ago in the deaths of those who refused to leave Dry Lake, I am certainly not going to have a hand in bringing them back to
1: life. Jeff? Jeff, where are you? Out in the back. Be right out. Where you been the past week? Every day I've gone by here and there's your sign in the window. closed. gone for a vacation. When did you get back?
2: Oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry I didn't tell you, Shane, but uh, something came up all of a sudden and I just had to get away.
1: Jeff, you're a liar. You never left this building. Night after night, I'd peek in the back windows where you'd drawn the shades, and I'd see you turning something on the lathe. Now I don't want to know what you're doing, but I ain't being lied to.
2: You're right. I have been putting together something which I'm going to give to you. Open this box.
1: Look for me.
2: <laughs> it won't explode. Here, let me take it out of the box. Uh, you haven't have any gold nuggets on you? Sure. Okay, lay them on the counter.
1: In today's market, this hobby is going to pay for itself.
2: Uh, hold on, watch me. Uh, now, I hold this invention over the gold, and you listen.
1: Mm. The only thing wrong with that gadget is if I can see the gold, I don't need the gadget.
2: You hold it. I'll put the nuggets under the counter, now, go ahead, point it.
1: Say, that's not bad. Three feet away.
2: Uh-huh. Now, I'll take them down in the cellar near where the counter is. You aim the machine and try to locate them.
1: Mr. Tanner, welcome back to Dry Lake.
0: We're delighted you returned.
1: Uh, you've decided to help us get those who are in our dimension across the threshold.
2: I'll do what I can to solve the problem for everyone. Uh, w- why didn't you wait
1: 40 years for this? Uh, we have no time spans like you. For us, time is all one. When we live, we live forever. When we die
2: we die forever. Uh, You probably wondered what's in this box that I brought. Uh, I call it the Tanner Counter. I made one for a friend who used it to find gold. I made this one to reveal the unseen spirits in your dimension who I shall be dealing with. Uh, I remove it from this box and uh, can you hear that? Right here with us are one or more souls in your dimension, uh, Mrs. Fairley. Would would you like to hold this counter?
0: Oh no, I'll stand next to the two of you and and listen.
2: Uh, why don't you try it, Mr. Fairley? Uh, that's right. Uh, now point it upwards. Uh, hold it steady. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Fairley, uh, we shall meet in another place.
0: I've never ridden in a truck before, Shane.
1: Glad you said you would, Miss H. The whole thing is mysterious as anything. I saw Jeff a week ago, went back the next day. His store was for sale. He disappeared.
0: Uh, Is it because you think he's at Dry Lake that we're going there?
1: I thought I'd have a look around and see for myself. Now, we're coming into the main street in a minute, Miss H. I want to warn you, you're in for a surprise. A lot of improvements have been made.
0: I know this place, and what a shambles it is. Tragedy, really. What is it? Well, what's the matter? Why did you stop like
1: that? What's happened? The paved street, the lawns, Those beautiful cars in the driveways. What on earth
0: are you talking about? This is Dry Lake. The ghost town It's always been.
1: Believe me, Miss H., this isn't the way it looked last time I was here.
0: You mean when you were a child 45 years ago?
1: No. No, just the other day. After the 4th of July picnic. Uh, I wish Jeff was here right now. I'm sure he could explain all this. It's beyond me. Did you say Jefferson? Where did you say he was? I don't know. He's just left town. I haven't seen him.
0: Oh, what's that? Do you hear something?
1: Yes. Did I leave the radio on in the truck where we parked it? Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't work. It's not music.
0: I hear voices, don't you? People laughing and talking. It's, it's as though a whole town were waking up.
1: And it's right here, in this abandoned playground. All around us.
0: So strange. As if there were
1: people right here, right now,
0: living a life which we can hear but can't see. Do you suppose it's this town? That it's somehow affected us? Could it be our imagination?
1: No, Miss H. I don't think it is.
0: What's that? That you just picked
1: up? I think we've both seen this before. A small, handmade American flag with thumbtack holes in each corner. came to was inescapable. Our atomic scientist turned hardware store owner knew enough science to build a small device that sent the Fairleys and himself out of the orbit of earthly dimensions. One can be fairly certain that none of the three who disappeared would ever return from that trip, for it was indeed a final one across the threshold. I shall return shortly. cross the threshold into other dimensions are they there do they exist because today we cannot discover them does not mean they don't exist because we cannot see does not mean we never shall ultimately man will know much more about himself and his universe almost 2,000 years ago Mark Antony said Nothing is now left remarkable beneath the visiting moon. I think we'll still be saying that 2,000 years from now. Our cast included Fred Gwynn, Robert Dryden, Bryna Rayburn, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Lang is too busy breathing. But his acid-throwing boy is going to be very, very upset when he hears that I'll soon be able to make visual identification. But, Joe, you won't be. He won't know that. Nobody will. Not even my own family. Only you and me, Rick. Now, look, Joe. I'm going to send the news out to all the papers and, and the TV reporters. And how I'm looking forward to the opportunity of seeing a mug book and identifying the guy who threw that stuff at me and my wife. And you know what he'll do, don't you, Joe? He'll try to knock you over before the operation. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, he probably will. You think you can trap this guy by setting yourself up as a target, huh? A game of blind man's bluff, huh? That's the game ring. And I don't intend to lose.